Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Let's open up our Bibles, and I want to encourage you that if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to open up during this time. I want you to highlight it. Um, I want you to take some time to um, hold on to this text so that throughout the week, you can allow it to speak to your life uh, more and more so that you can even share it with your children. If you have kids, you can just um, go over it once again. And it's Luke chapter one. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, then that's fine. Number one, we have our Bibles right now on the screen. You have a big Bible right here that you can look into. But if you don't have a physical Bible and you would like to receive one, I want, I want to encourage you to go to Kuhau Connect. And I want you to speak to the Connect team and we will get a Bible for you. Amen? All right. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock. Amen? All right. Also want to welcome our online audience. Let's give them a round of applause. Everybody that's tuning in, you know who you are. We want to thank you for tuning in for these moments. And we're going to take the next 35 to 40 minutes just unpacking the story of Christmas. And if you're tuning in, it is absolutely our privilege privilege to be able to share this message with you. Uh, I'll be unpacking about three points for us, depending how many amens I get, if I get amens, and then I'll probably unpack six points, all right? But we're going to try to do it in three points. And uh, I really believe that this message is a message that God wants to share with you. Amen. And it reads this way, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. You know, a, you know a story is going to be good when it starts with a pregnancy. I'm just, I'm just saying. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She, had, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appealed, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. and He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high the lord god will give him the throne of his ancestor david and he will reign forever and ever over israel his kingdom will never end mary asked the angel but how can this happen i am a virgin and if you don't know what that means ask your parents The angel replied the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you So the baby will be born and holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she was conceived. She has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. The Word of God will never fail. I mean, that could preach right there. The Word of God will never fail. Look at the person next to you or the person closest to you. Tell them the Word of God will never fail. 
Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I want to give you the title to my message today, and it's Lessons from Jesus' Mom. All right? All right, that was pretty creative. I'm just saying. Lessons from Jesus' Mom. If you're taking notes, please jot that down. Lessons from Jesus' Mom. I think that mothers have great advice, but what if we heard from the mother of Jesus as, as to what she learned in this Christmas story? Lessons from Jesus' mom. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the next few moments that we are going to have together. Lord, speak to our people. Speak to your people, Lord. Speak to your church, Lord, your bride, Lord God, that we may hear your message, oh God, and, and not just receive it for today, but receive it for our every day. In your name we pray. And everyone says amen, amen and amen. Um, if you know, if you've gotten to know me a little bit, you would know something quickly about your pastor is that Pastor Roe does not, I don't know about you, but Pastor Roe does not like surprises. I hate surprises. I'm going to be honest. I absolutely hate surprises. I like, I like the way my daughter likes to say it. She goes, you know, I, she was telling me the other day, I hate art class. And she's like, Daddy, I'm just letting you know I hate art class. And I'm, and I'm letting you know that I'm, I know hate is a strong word. And that's why I'm using it. And I'm just letting you know I hate. And so I'm letting you guys know that I absolutely hate surprises. I, the reason I hate it is because I'm, I'm normal. And I'm just letting you know, you might not be normal if you love surprises. And so I've told my wife, I am 38 years old. I'm proud. I'm proud to say I found a gray hair by the, by, the, by the way today. And I was just like, devil, get thee behind me. You do not possess any authority on this face. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You could rebuke the devil of gray hairs. Come on. And I was just... Um, um, you know, for me, there's just something about the surprise, right? So I tell Lee, I'm like, honey, I'm 38 years old, please. I don't want, I don't, you know, I just, I don't want any more surprises. Baby, I'm letting you know in public, in publico, aquí. I do not want any more surprises. This, I don't know why, because Lisa loves surprises. She's like, hey, I just want to surprise you. And I'm like, no, honey, I don't like surprises. She's like, that's no fun. That's not fun for me. And I'm like, but whose birthday is it? It's my birthday. And she's like, baby, let me just, I'm like, no, I don't want surprises. And I, and I remember one time she's like, all right, baby, I'm not going to do no surprises for you. It's all right. I know you want a boring birthday. And I'm just like, ah, yes, that's the way I like it. I don't want any, I'm, I'm like, baby, what are we doing today? It's my birthday. What are we doing? She's like, no, we're just going to have family over, just a couple of your brothers over. And mom's going to come over and we're going to be all right. And we're just going to, and I'm like, okay, baby, baby, are you planning something and not telling me? Are you trying to surprise me? And she's like, no, baby, we're not going to do that. Now, all the day, the whole entire day, this is why I don't like surprises. Because I'm just like, just tell me. The whole day, nobody's texting me. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> it's my birthday. Everybody's in on the surprise, unbeknownst to me. And so the day, the evening has arose, has arose, and I'm, Lisa's like, go jump in the shower before your parents, before your mom comes and your brothers come. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to jump in the shower. I jump in the shower. I leave, I, 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 once I walk out the shower, I go get dressed. When I come back from getting dressed, there is, an, there is a living room and a kitchen of people filled telling me surprise, which I already deleted from my phone book because they never told me happy birthday from text messages. 
That was funny. I walk out the shower, go get dressed, come back, and it's like, surprise! And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have deleted you. I shouldn't have deleted you. It's just something about the surprise. I don't know. I just Something about surprise makes me feel like I'm getting ambushed. You know what I mean? Like, it's an unexpected thing. I, I can't stand surprises. There's something about a surprise that makes me feel like it's, it's out of my control. Any control freaks know what I'm talking about? Like, when you try to surprise me, when I don't... Amen, Maylene. And she's like, yeah! That was a little aggressive. That was a little aggressive, Sister May. I'm going to sit down. Um, there's just something about the surprise. There's just something about that that makes me feel... I, I want to be honest. If I, I would be telling people, listen, don't surprise me, please. Uh, if you love me, I'm letting you know right now, don't surprise me. I don't enjoy it. It's not... And energizing for me. It is not enthusiastic. I wish I could have this conversation with God and be like, Papa Dios, Dios mío, God, please do not surprise me. God, just give me the details. Just unfold your plan before me. Give me all the intricate nuances that involve my daily life and your plan long term for my life, and I will be good. I will follow every step, except that God is a God of surprises. God <laughs> is a God of surprises. And if you know, you just need to look at the evidence that is displayed on the pages of Scripture, and you will quickly realize realize that God is a God of surprises. He's a God of the unexpected. God is the the God that he, he will quickly make happen what you thought will never happen. When you think about a surprise, a surprise is essentially something that is unexpected. And when you learn about who your God is, you'll quickly learn that God will do the unexpected in your life. That God is the God of surprises. That just when you think something is not supposed to happen, God, surprise, makes it happen. Just when you think something shouldn't happen, surprise, God makes it happen. I want to let you know today that the thing that maybe you thought would never happen, the thing you thought that shouldn't happen, the thing that you may have thought you're not qualified to make happen, surprise, God can make it happen. Newsflash. Can I let you know the Red Sea was not supposed to part, but surprise, the Red Sea parted. Newsflash. Can I tell you that Jericho's walls were not supposed to come down, but can I tell you, surprise, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Can I let you know today that Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not supposed to escape the fiery furnace, but surprise, the Bible says that they came out not even smelling like smoke. Let's keep going. Can I tell you, That Daniel wasn't supposed to escape the lions. That David wasn't supposed to kill the giant. That Jonah wasn't supposed to escape the whale. But I got news for you. Surprise! Jonah was vomited. The giant was defeated. And the mouth of the lions was shut. Somebody ought to give God some praise on this Christmas. That God... I came to preach better than y'all. Amen. And God is a God. Of surprises. He's a God of surprises. I've discovered that about our Lord, that, that our God is a God of the unexpected. And, and here we have it today that in our text in Luke chapter 1, what did we learn? Surprise, Mary. I know you weren't expecting a pregnancy, but surprise. 
So Mary, I mean, let's just look at her life. She wasn't planning on being pregnant anytime soon. That ever happened to anybody? I didn't hear men aggressive. That wasn't an aggressive amen, man. She wasn't planning on this, but I mean, even by the way she received the surprise was a surprise. I mean, let's be honest. She wasn't expecting an angel to show up at her house and knock on the door. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know when you have an unexpected guest and they could show up at your house and you're like, what, are, what on earth are they here for? And, but, but before even communication is exchanged, you have, an, you have an idea of what their presence signifies. So when, when, she, when she experiences this encounter with, with the angel, oh my God, she knew she had studied angels, she had learned about angels, so the angel Gabriel now shows up and she's like, uh-oh. You know what I'm talking about? Like when Amazon comes, shows, shows up at your house, you know that Christmas was good. Come on, somebody. Size 13s, I'm just, no, you could keep the packages coming. Let's be honest, right? The police show up at your house. Two police officers show up at your house. You know something went down. Like everybody knows, like if the police ring your doorbell right now, before any words are exchanged, you know whose room you need to go to and get. Two officers show up at my house. I'm like, excuse me, sir. I'll be, I'll be right with you. I know who you're coming. Lisa! The door. Like, we know. Just the presence is a surprise. Just the presence of the way this surprise was delivered is a surprise in it by itself. And, and I just think that Jesus' mom would say to us, on this Christmas Sunday to lean in on the surprises of God. <sighs> I think she would say it this way. She would say, I learned to expect God's surprises. That's point number one. Put that in your notes right now. I learned how to expect, I learned to expect God's surprises, which is to say, expect God to move in unexpected ways. I don't know who this message is for, but I came to tell somebody today that God is saying to you through Mother Mary, listen, you need to learn how to expect God to move in unexpected ways. I mean, at first, Mary's response is one that she's like, how in this world is this going to happen? This is what she learned. The angel comes to her house, and look what he says. He says, don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Listen to, listen to the beautiful language that is being used. Listen to the epicness of the language that this angel is delivering to her. He says, he says for you have found favor with God. You will conceive a, and give birth to a son, and his, na his name will be Yeshua, Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever and ever, and his kingdom will not end. And look what Mary says, but how can this happen? Because I am a virgin. Can we be honest? Um, how is this going to happen? Um, 
Because I'm a few steps behind from what you are projecting over my life. Um, um, hey, you're going to have a child, Mary, and he will have a throne of these ancestors and his reign will be forever and ever over Israel and it will not come to an end. This is your child. But how that's going to happen? Because, you know, I mean, typically when a girl gets pregnant, why not? Mm-hmm. Okay, Joseph. Okay. I think she learned how to expect God to move in unexpected ways. See, I think the natural thing to do is to to hear the epicness of what God has planned for your life and you to be like, well, I don't know how that can happen through my ordinary. God, that's so amazing what you have planned for my life. It sounds so unrealistic. It sounds so epic. But I don't know how that will happen through my life. I love how God will reveal his plan over your life and God will talk about what he's going to do in your life and the knee-jerk reaction of humanity is to flood the throne of God with, with disqualifications of what and who we are. Isn't it interesting that God will say, hey, listen, I've called you to be a prophet. I've called you to be a pastor. I've called you to change the world. I've called you to make a difference in your workplace. I've called you and you're like, God, but I'm a virgin. And we'll begin to just flood the throne of God with excuses to disqualify us from his purpose. And this is no different from what we see in the pages of Scripture because he goes to Moses and he says, Moses, I'm calling you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm calling you to set my people free from the bondage of slavery. I'm going to call you to tell Pharaoh. He's like, no, sorry, I, sorry, I can't speak. You need a good speaker to do what you are, are desiring, God. You, you, need, you need someone that is articulate. You need someone that can be able to craft and poetic uh, uh, masterpieces and be able to speak to Pharaoh. I, I, I can't even talk. I stutter. Moses had a stuttering problem. But let me tell you, God's people have a stuttering problem as well. But the God that we serve does not stutter because he doesn't second guess what he's called you to do. We might be like, God, <laughs> God, we can't. We, God, that's, I, I, there's just no way. He goes to Jeremiah, and he's like, Jeremiah, I've called you to be a prophet. And what is Jeremiah? Knee-jerk reaction. Let me flood the throne of God with excuses. Sorry, God, I know you're calling me to, pro- to be a prophet, but I can't do that right now. I'm way too young. I, I, I'm way too young. God says, don't call yourself young. I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. He says, I'm way too young. Prophets have to be learned. Prophets have to be mature. Prophets got to be schooled. And he's like, no, yo soy llorón. I'm a crybaby. I'm too young. You go, to, you go to Moses, you go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah says he's too Young, you go to Abraham. Abraham's like, I'm too old. He's like, oh, you want to be the father of many, very nation, many nations? Now watch this. Abraham at first, he was cool with it. He was like, hey, man, I'm going to be a father of many nations. Except he got too old and he started realizing that he can't produce anymore. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't have medication at that time. 
I'm just keeping it real. Cool how kids are in cool how kids. Come on, somebody. Now I can be PG-13. It's PG-13 preaching right here. He's like, God, I, God I, I, you want me to do what? To be the father of many nations? I can't even have a kid. Isn't it amazing that God will magnify his portrait of your life and often, in, oftentimes in a moment where you seem incapable of doing what he's called you to do. He says, you've called to be a pastor, of, uh, a father of many nations. And he's saying, I can't even have one kid. So oftentimes what we end up doing is that we end up taking the, this limitless God, this unlimited God, this God with such great purposes for our lives, with such great uh, 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 promises for our lives. And we take God's word and God's promises and we try to subject them to our limited ordinary perspectives. God, I know, I know that you've called me to do this, but I'm too young. God, I know you've called me to do this, but I'm too old. God, I know you've called me to do this, but I'm still a virgin. God, I can't do the thing that you... Can I ask you a question? The Holy Spirit told me to tell you this while I was preparing this message. What is your God? I know you've called me to do this, but moment. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I know that God is speaking to your heart today. God wants you to know what is it that you have disqualified yourself from accomplishing that I've destined for you to accomplish. What is your God? I know that you have a big plan for my life, but God, I know you have a purpose for my life, but I've gone too far. I've turned my back on you. I've turned my back on the church. I've turned my back on everybody. You can't still do what you called me to do. God, I know you have a plan for my life, but, I, but I've been serving for years now, and I've been serving for a long time, and by this time, I, ought to, I, I thought I would have been walking in my purpose, but I'm not walking in my purpose. God, I know you have a big plan for me, but I've been serving you for years, and it still seems like it's not manifesting. I feel like Abraham, at first I was good, but now too much time has passed. You can't still accomplish your purpose in my life. God, I, I know you have a great plan for my life, but... Um, I know you have a great purpose for my life, and I know that you, there's so much that you have in store for me, but the way my bank account is set up right now, it doesn't seem like I'm going to be able to achieve or reach the things that you have called me to accomplish. See, because oftentimes we look at the supernatural message of God and thinks that he's going, to, he's going to manifest it through very natural means and ordinary means. But if you were to speak to Mary, she, she would tell you that from that moment on, she learned to expect God to move in unexpected ways. She would tell you, I've learned to expect God to move in the unexpected. I've learned to... At first I was confused, at first I was afraid, but from that moment on I learned that God was going to continuously move in a way that I didn't see coming. 
that God's ways were not predictable, that God's ways were, did not seem obvious, that God's ways were not conventional, that God's ways were not ordinary, that God would not allow himself to be limited or subjected to our ordinary thinking. Can I, can I tell you, look, let me take you to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, it says, never doubt God's mighty hand. Oh my God, this is such a great verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, never doubt God's mighty hand, God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than you, your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. Can I tell you, Christ Uncensored, that we serve an outdoing you God, that we serve a God that will outdo your expectations, that we serve a God that will outdo your imagination, that it is his miraculous power that is working inside of you, that it has nothing to do with you and your limitations, but it has to do everything with his unlimited power. Can we give God a praise in this room? God is not limited by the constructs of time, for he is Alpha and Omega. He is not limited by the constructs of space, for he created the heavens and the earth. He is not limited by materials or resources, for he created the heavens and the earth. He is the source. I think Mary would tell us, hey, um, start expecting God to move in unexpected ways. I don't know who this message is for, but I feel like Holy Spirit is allowing me to just stay in this point for a second. He wants you to know, stop boxing in God based upon your plans and strategies and say, okay, 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 God said I was going to be like this. And so therefore I'm going to strategize and I'm going to move and I'm going to place pieces and I'm going to say, okay, so Sarah can't do it. Well, hey, girl, how you doing? No. God is saying, hold up. Start expecting me to. Move in the unexpected. It might not be traditional to conceive a child outside of intimacy. But start expecting me to move in unexpected ways. I think the second point that he would tell us today is, as this message continues is, is that I learned to put an asterisk on my plans. Ooh! I just want to look at your faces. I learned. I really believe this is what Mary would tell us. I learned how to put an asterisk on my plans. Which is to say, you can go ahead and plan your course, but just remember to put an asterisk at the end of whatever you have in mind. Go ahead and make your plans. Go ahead and plan your course. But just remember to put a little asterisk at the end of those plans. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is what the asterisk will mean. At times, it'll mean this. God may not fulfill this quite like you thought he would. Or it might look like this. <laughs> Don't hold tightly to this because God may change at any time. Can I tell you what Mary's plans are? She was married. She was, she was, Mary was engaged. She had, she had plans. Mary had some plans. She was engaged to be married 
Verse 27 says, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a fine young fellow named Jose. A descendant, my God, that was a man. A descendant of the King David. But this is what it should have looked like. It should have looked like this. Can we, can we put that next? Where it says, she was engaged to be married, asterisk. That's how it should have looked. That's how it should have looked like that. She was engaged to be married. Asterisk. In other words, she was engaged to be married. God may not fulfill this quite like you thought he would. Whoo! She was engaged to be married. I don't hold too tightly to that because God can change it at any time. Oh, it's okay to make your plans. Can you imagine this young girl? She was about 16 years old. According to Jewish tradition, she might have been engaged now. She's 16 years old. Can you imagine the awkward conversations that she had to have telling people that she was pregnant? I, I mean, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm not that holy yet. I'm just, I'm letting you know, like, uh, awkward. Like, I don't know if you're engaged. But Lisa and I are not engaged. We're married. And if she came home one day. Telling me, honey, honey, you know, um, yeah, you know, I came home late last night because I was with the Holy Spirit. And I'm pregnant, and it's not your baby. What? It's not my baby. Whose baby is it? Well... It's the Holy Spirit's. I'm like, he better pay some child support. I'm just saying, the Holy Spirit better pay some child support. You imagine that conversation with Joseph, having to tell Joseph that she was pregnant and it was not his child. And guess what? It's by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I don't, there's no confirmation. God's going to have to show up in my life. He's going to have to crack the sky open, peek his head out and say, brother, it was me. Can you imagine her plans going out the window? Like I had plans to be engaged. I had plans for my future. But I think what she would tell us today is that I had so many plans to, to marry Joseph and to have an amazing life. I had no plan to give birth to the Messiah. I didn't know that I would be revered now as the mother of God. That, can you imagine that awkward conversation? Not only with her husband, but to her family members. Not only to her family members, but to those around the neighborhood that probably for years and years, I mean, probably look at her as someone that was outside of the will of God. Oh, you know, Mary, she's the one that got knocked up at the age of 16. <laughs> and she said it was God. I'll tell you, she, from that moment on, when she made plans, it would say, this is my plan, and this is my asterisk. And I think that she would tell us to do the same thing. Like, I, I literally think that this is how she would tell us to do it. Look, watch this. Can, can we put uh, the set of plans on the screen? I plan to be married and have a wonderful family, asterisk. I plan to, to be married and have an amazing family. That might not be fulfilled the way you thought it would be fulfilled. I plan to own my own business and employ others, asterisk. 
Don't hold on tightly to this because it may look a little different and I might change things at any moment. I plan on owning my house at the age of, woo, thank you, Jesus, asterisk. Don't hold tightly to this because I might change this at any moment. I, I, we, we can look at I plan to finish school and get a degree, degree, asterisk, don't hold tightly to that, or that might manifest differently. I plan to travel to all the countries of the world that might not be fulfilled the way you think it's going to be fulfilled. I plan to make this amount of money by 2025. Yes, asterisk. That may not look like the way you thought it was going to look like. I'm going to travel the world. Yes. Oh, yeah. When I told you that, I, I meant that you were going to be a missionary traveling from place to place. It may not look like the way you thought I was going to fulfill it in your life. I can imagine Abraham. What? I'm going to be the father of many nations. I just didn't know that I was going to mess things up on the way and God still was going to fulfill his promise in my life. Her advice to us would be, Go ahead, plan your course. Go ahead, make your plans. But don't hold so tightly to them that you leave me out of them. You leave God out of them. Don't hold tightly to that, that when I start creating an exit out of that relationship, you don't take the exit. That I start making a way out, you don't take that way out because you're so clinged to your plans. She would tell her, man, I, she would tell us, man, I, I was planning my course, but I quickly realized that it wasn't going to be fulfilled the way I thought it would. I'll take you to Proverbs. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'll take you to Proverbs chapter 16. It says, we may make plans, but God has the last word. Mary would tell us, I learned not to hold so tightly to what I have planned, but I learned how to put an asterisk on it, which means that God, this is my plan, but your purpose trumps my plan. God, this is my plan, but your desire trumps my plan. She would tell Kuhau, plan your course. Strategize. That's okay. Put dates. Circle them. Have achievements that you want to have. But they might not be fulfilled the way you thought they were going to. Last but not least, let me give you the last point as the worship team comes up. I think Mary would tell us this, that I learned that God's character can be trusted even when his hands can't be traced. If you're watching online, I, I believe this is for somebody today. That Mary would tell us, I learned that God's character can be trusted when his hands can't be traced. Which is to say, you won't always be able to understand everything that God is doing, but you can always look back to see how faithful God has already been. Woo! My God. I learned that God's character can be trusted when his hands can't be traced. What happens in this picture is that she receives the news and now faced with an uncertain, possibly in perspective, in a perception way. Like it's uncertain future. 
she breaks out in this song as after visiting her cousin. And look at the words of her song. And Mary said, this was the first Christmas carol, by the way. And it says, and Mary said, look, this is how she breaks out in song. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. I just want you to envision this 16-year-old little girl. She's just conceived child. Even now, a 16-year-old girl getting pregnant can be challenging. But even now, there's resources, there's help, there's programs. This was a 16-year-old little girl that had nothing but criticism and opposition. In the midst of that, she says, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he, look at this, look at this. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Watch this. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm. And he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And he has put down the mighty from their thrones. And he has exalted the low, lowly. And he has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant of Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever and ever. Listen, I can't look at my future and trace God's hands, but I can look at what God has done. He has done great things. He is faithful. When I can't trace God's hands, I can always trust God's heart. You know, this, this song that she sings has been historically known now as the Magnificat. And, you know, as I begin to read this text, the first Christmas carol, and she starts with my soul. Everybody say, my soul magnifies the Lord. And I just begin to ponder on that word, Reuben, like magnify. Magnify. We learned a couple of weeks ago where, where we understand that worship is not something to provoke God to do something. But worship is in response to all that God has done. Look, this is what your worship looks like. She looked at all that God has done and she began to magnify my soul, magnify the Lord. But the thing is that God, how much more magnified could God be? For, for to magnify something, if I'm going to magnify, it's, it's to enlarge. But God is, God is pretty big. God is, God God is larger than life. God is larger than, how do we magnify God? And then, and then the Holy Spirit told me, grab a magnifying glass. Can I show this to you? I don't know why I'm asking permission, because I'm going to do it anyway. This is a magnifying glass. Now, this magnify glass, when you read the instruction that says, it magnifies things 10 times larger. Well, you know what's interesting is that 
I was looking at it and I was like, wow, look, it makes the phone 10 times bigger. But then I realized that the phone wasn't getting any bigger. Wait, so it's not that it makes the phone bigger. <laughs> it just changes how big I see the phone. It changes my perspective of the phone. The phone doesn't change in size, but now my perspective of what I'm looking at changes in size. And when you hear the term magnify the Lord, when she says my soul magnify the Lord, she's not saying that the Lord's going to get bigger, that the Lord's going to get stronger, that the Lord is going to get more powerful. What she is saying to us is that when your soul begins to magnify the Lord, it's your perspective on God that begins to be magnified. It is your perspective on God that begins to increase. It is power that begins to be magnified in your life. It's not that he gets bigger is that your perception of him gets bigger. Can anybody believe that in this house? She says, my soul magnify the Lord. And so often what happens is, listen to me, he says, my soul, my soul, my soul. Catch this, with one minute and 24 seconds left in the countdown. Is that your soul will always magnify something. See, the, the, she had so many things that she was able to magnify. She could have, watch this, she could have magnified her circumstances. Could have magnified. Yeah, look, 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 look how terrible. See, sometimes it's not the magnitude of what you're going through. It's how much you've magnified what you're going through. It's not the magnitude of what you're going through. It's, it's how you've magnified what you've gone through. You've taken the magnifying glass and said, well, look, look what I'm going through. Look at my circumstances. Look, I'm 16 years old and I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm going through stuff. I can't believe what I'm going through. Look at this. Look what they're saying about me. Look what they did to me. Look at my finances. And you begin to magnify your circumstances. And sometimes we don't even magnify our circumstances. We magnify our imperfections. Mm, look, look, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm just a 16-year-old girl, girl. God can't use me. Look, at, look, I can't. I can't. I, and, and you begin to magnify your imperfections. But God says, your soul will always magnify something. It's the direction in which your soul is directed in. So, on this Christmas, Christ Uncensored, on this Christmas, are we going to magnify our imperfections? Are we going to magnify our circumstances? Are we going to take the magnifying glass of our soul and say, God, I know you're not going to get bigger, but I'm going to magnify you in my life and you're going to look bigger in my life and your purpose is going to be greater than my problems and your plan is going to be greater than my preferences and your desire is going to be greater than my resume and your will is going to be greater than mine. Where are we directing the magnifying glass today of our soul?
If you're here today, I want to pray for you. I believe Mother Mary would tell us today that she learned how to expect God to move in unexpected ways, that she learned how to put an asterisk at the end of her plans, and that she learned that when she can't trace God's hands, she can trust his heart. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Roy, I've had the magnifying glass of my soul directed in the wrong direction. Would you pray for me? I want to pray for you today. If you're watching online, I want to invite you right there where you are. The church of God is here. God could speak to you right there where you are. And I'm going to ask you to declare on the outside what God is doing on the inside. If God isn't doing anything on the inside of you, then you don't have to declare anything. But if indeed God is moving on the inside of you and something here Something here has penetrated your heart. I want you to raise your hand today. If that's you, at the count of three, let me pray for you. One, two, three. Lift up your hands in this room. Come on. Lift up your hand online. Lift up your hands right there. Here it is, Lord. We're declaring publicly what you're doing on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. 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 He sees every hand. He sees every hand. You can put your hand right back down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single hand that is lifted up right now, Lord God. That they've declared on, on the outside what you're doing on the inside. That they have said with their heart right now that we will magnify the Lord and all the Lord's goodness. That we will magnify the Lord this Christmas in all its greatness. Yes, 2020 has taught us like Mary that we are to put an asterisk on all our plans. But Lord, right now, Lord, we choose to magnify your purpose over them. For it is the gift of Christmas that you would be with us. The gift of Christmas was that the child in which was announced by the angel Gabriel would come into the world and save humanity from their sins. I pray for every life today that said yes to you and that their heart and soul is postured to magnify you. Can I tell you, Christ Uncensored, making this declaration doesn't say that you're going to be perfect from here on in. It just means that you're going to get on the journey to follow Jesus. It's not that you're going to be perfect from here and in. Sometimes we're like, hey, if I raise my hand, does that mean that I have to have it perfect? Does that mean that i got to stop everything that I'm doing? No, it just means that you're going to get on the journey to following Jesus. And that takes time. And so if you, if you would like to make that bold declaration right there where you are, repeat after me. We'll join with you. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for your love. And thank you for making me a new person in Christ Jesus. I believe that you died for me. I believe you are the son of God. And I believe you took away my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. 
Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.